and welcome to the Glacian Musical Podcast. The whatever it is, this is Nick Cameron, of course, and I am joined by Keefe Chips Ahoy. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm very chocolate chippity. How are you? Uh, my face is hot. Um, you look very I, red. I I got sunburned for the first time in twenty years. Um, Bad and I feel like a fucking idiot, but my face hurts. So that's mostly See, how I feel. You need you need an actual aloe leaf. I don't know if you can get one in the supermarket. I have where you al- are. I, I have aloe oak. I'm gonna okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm gonna not use it because I don't like putting oak on my face, which is why my you face need is sunburned. It, though, yeah, but you need it because it can make you very sick. Um. All right. Anyway. Um. So what are we here to do today? We are here to actually do musical journalism for my second week in a row. I know it's kind of creepy. Um, I, do I don't wanna, like it. I do want to just interject one quick little story. Since I saw you last, since we last casted together, potted together, and we were totally resume, we were we were ending our Iron Maiden pods, <laughs> which will then I think the fi- the uh, original one will end. We recorded with. the final one on Wednesday of last week, a week ago today, and then something happened, and wow. then something happened two days after we recorded. That's right. We're going to get to that in one second. I do want to say. Since we have last chatted, um, I attended two events, four straight days of concerts, not sick in the least, all, almost, almost all vaccinated uh, events in California. I saw Megadeth, Lamb of God, and Trivia Miss Tape Reed. Oh, no big deal. Last Thursday in Concord, California, which was a lot of fun. And I highly recommend that tour if it's coming near you. I don't think it's coming near you. And then for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I covered my first festival in over two years. And it's significant because it was sort of music, gourmet food, wine, and craft beer. So these are all things we are concerned with. And uh, the music was great. The entire place was like 95% vaccinated. They made a slight exception for bands and people coming to work the festival from out of town because it's a huge festival, they had to do that. And they gave negative tests at the door, but almost everybody, the whole media, everybody who pre-bought tickets since uh, California put in their protocols, you had to show your Vax card. And they really checked. And they actually checked my card versus my ID. And I had to have it each day. And, you know, there was no in and out. So, like, there was no lying and faking and letting somebody else in. And I was a little anxious about the crowds. But generally speaking, I had a fantastic freaking time. I got to see Guns N' Roses and Foo Fighters mainly, but I also saw a bunch of other good bands and some music I would never see. And I had a great time. I actually and, saw uh, the, the Guns N' Roses set list from that mm-hmm. show. And oh my yes. God, that is the set list I would want to hear from them. The only mistake they made was because it is Napa Valley wine country, just what you think it is. Rich, rich, rich wine country, very well off. People live right on the grounds where the festival takes place, like million, multi-million dollar homes. Napa Valley has a sound curfew for 10 p.m. In the yeah, past, I saw they that. have cut I saw off that. Foo Fighters. They have cut off Neil Young. They cut off The Cure. They don't give any fucks. If you run over, they're going to cut you off. Cage the Elephant, I think, also went over. 10 p.m., the PA is cut. GNR was told, don't go over the curfew. At 9.30, they played a 15- or 20-minute version of Knock on the Heaven's Door I could have lived without and could have got two or three other songs and still ended early. 
That's a four-minute song. Patience you, you, that, that's a four-minute song. It's not their song. It's still a cover. I know people love it, and it gives Axel. Axel basically, I'm just a synopsis because I was going to run a review of this on Ghost Cult. Axel basically sings a song, runs off stage. Sings a song, runs off stage. He sang great. He ran around. He was very energetic. Sounded good, as good as he could sound, for those who were asking. Uh, the band was killer. Um, they do Patience next to last. Pink comes out and sings the ending of Patience with Axel. Wow. I know she's a huge, she's that's sung ins- with them before. That's she's insane. a huge, she's a huge Guns fan. She used Axel. She came out dressed in his hat, like his famous brimmed hat, and bowed to him and did like a pose, like supplicating to him like a god, like he is. And then they brought Dave Grohl on to close Paradise City, and Dave Grohl sings back up and plays rhythm guitar. The song is three minutes to go at, at 9.59.59. 10 sharp we're back in the crowd the pa is off they're still rocking and you can faintly hear it and the crowd is still singing people started to boo it's not the crew's fault the band is notorious for going over this is what they do this is just the one location on earth they're not gonna allow it and it's Uh, not the i know the some of the media took the opportunity to bash the band to bash their crew for not letting them know they knew they chose to go over. They thought they could get over it. They didn't. A lot of bands have been cut off. The next night, Foo Fighters closed and closed the weekend. And he kept saying, like, I got to keep this thing moving so we don't get cut off. I got to keep this thing moving. We got to hurry it up. Let's talk in the meantime. In St. And, Louis, uh, they ended at, at 9.50. At our shed, they have an 11 p.m. cutoff. Uh, my wife's cousin lives close enough to the shed that whenever there is a performance, it shakes her windows. Mm. So they have an 11 p.m., Hard cutoff. Hopefully your new house is not near there. No, nowhere near. No, the shed so, is yeah. the shed is four miles west of my work, which is 20 miles west of where I sit. So, no, it's fine. But anyway, I had a great the, time. And, the only uh, time I ever saw a band go long on that, though, was Metallica. Yeah, of course. Metallica comes out on their third encore and says, eh, we're out of time. Fuck it. So, like, in a town where you can get away with it, and the only penalty is the union crew, if it's a union town... And you have to pay them all overages. Metallica will often do it. Guns will often do it. Like I said, guns for years right. would just go on whatever the fuck they wanted. And they don't care about time. The Axel was waiting for the vibe to be right to go on. That could be at 2 in the morning. That could be at 8 o'clock. You never know. Um, but the festival was great. Other than a little squirreliness with some of the crowds, I was well. I was ha- I handled it well. I ate myself full and happy, full of wonderful gourmet food. And I drank, a, I didn't drink much because it was blazing hot the whole weekend. So Sunday I had like, not regularly, but I had a few alcoholic beverages over the course of the day and I hydrated. I did not get sunburned, which is a minor miracle. I wore like a flannel the whole weekend, even though it was like 91 degrees, because if I get burned on my arms, my face or my neck, I'm dead in the bed. Not peeking. <sighs> I'm very, I, I don't get it that fair. bad, thankfully. Uh, I, I'm also very fair. I'm Scottish. I'm, you know, basically a redhead without the hair. I uh, have a red beard. And yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy to hear this story because I have a concert coming up next month, and I'm not putting into review anything. I got a uh, I got an email today to review a show from an old friend who I don't answer emails from anymore, and. I, I didn't know who the band was, but I'm not reviewing shows. And But uh, next month, I am going to see the Mount Nerdcore Tour, which is uh, MC Lars, Mega Ran, 
MC Frontalot and Schaefer the Dark Lord. And, That's crazy. Uh, I believe it is. It's, I believe they're vaccination required show, and I've got my card mm-hmm. in my wallet. And then I love, uh, I love in, no- in November. Oh, I, I. Me too. I, I and I got to. I got one of the people who performed this on a, on a lesser scale was Kosha Dills, who I saw with MC Lars at Warp Tour several years ago. This dude, I haven't seen him in six years. He remembered me. He was like Ghost Cult Kiwi, and took a photo with me. And then I made nice. sure I was in front of him for one of his two performances. His other one was during G, like before GNR wasn't gonna happen. But I I made it to the front for his performance. And he only was able to do two songs, his first performance. And I think he did a full set, the second one. He killed it. And uh, his current single is Yabba Dabba Doo. You should check it out. Very and cool. uh, he's incredible. And um, he, but he remembered Ghost Cult from six years ago. And um, I, I have not seen him. I don't think he's ever made it into flyover country. So, which I'm not sure. I, I understand. I mean, I look, I know he did a where pretty I live. Extensive tour across the, uh, the many tours constantly, and he toured a lot with Modest Yahoo, who he has two or three songs with. So, um, but anywho, I did have a great time. I didn't get sunburned. I drank some great craft beer. I ate some incredible food. I had a wonderful time, and I needed to relax because life has been a shit show. And I saw four shows in a row. So I have now doubled my output of the whole last two years, uh, including <laughs> the two shows that I saw in Jul- the one show in July and the one show in August. So, um, yeah, I, yeah I, man. a couple of weeks ago, I was with my wife and I said, you know, I have realized why I can't relax why i mean yes of course it's a global pandemic my daughter caught covid we're an immunocompromised family you know we have things we have to worry about you know we've got elder elder relatives blah 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 and what it was is i have not been able to go to concerts and like you like everybody in our position i go to two or three a month Yep. And not going to a concert for a year and a half is – it's like not breathing. Yeah, and, and that's always been my release, going to a metal show and just you know jumping up and down and hurting myself and not hearing the next day. And, I mean, that's, that's just been part of my life for so long. And that's the one thing I can't replicate, which is why – I bought so many goddamn live records last year. Every, I mean, every like week and a half, I was buying a new live album. Right. And next, and then, so next month I'm seeing the Mountain Nerdcore. And then in November, I'm seeing I Fight Dragons, which could have also been on the Nerdcore tour, except they're a chiptunes rock band. So I'm being very careful about which crowds I go see. And. I'm going to the shows that are going to air on the side of getting vaxxed. That's me. Yep. Anybody who uh, decides that's not for them, that's okay with me, but also I can't help you. Um, As as soon as my kid can be vaxxed, which is weeks away, apparently, I will be whatever, guys. Fuck it. You you know, you do you. I'll do me. Good luck. Good luck. But anyway, what are we doing today? What now are we we've introed we, this for a we've while. We've the fuck out of this thing, and we we are going to do this fucking thing. We decided to add an extra episode to Iron Maiden because Senjutsu is here. Sun, Senjutsu. Senjutsu, I'm sorry. I have Senjutsu. to rely on a Japanese speaker 
to handle shit. But, That's um, me. Are you that you know I speak. Huge. Yeah, okay. I know you do. I know you uh, do. A couple of days ago at work, my one of my coworkers was like, wait a minute. Do you speak Japanese too? <laughs> like, yeah. Because apparently nobody told anybody at my office that I spoke Spanish. So oh. anytime I speak Spanish at work, uh, I actually got an email back from one of the bosses who said, wait a minute, do you speak Spanish or did you use translator? I'm like, no, dude, I speak Spanish. You, you're one of the you're one of the bosses. You nobody told you. But, you know, whatever. Anywho, uh, sorry, okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm about to get. No, 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 no. I, I think it's, you know, we, we get a fun language from you every week. Language lesson. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty pleased. I'm pretty pleased with this Iron Maiden record. I got to tell you, I know that people are very divided on the album. I don't know what band they thought they were listening to all these years, what they were getting. And, um, you know, it's just, it's Iron Maiden, dude. It's, it's eternal, like the sun and the ocean and the air. They don't really make bad records with Bruce. And, um, this record did everything I hoped it would do. Um, I have no real complaints about the album. It's full of bangers. It's really great. I think it does Book of Souls, which I, I really loved. It was an album kind of my taste. And this album is better than Book of Souls right out of the gate in one listen. I felt it was like, a, and I like, I love Book of Souls and I thought this was better on a lot of levels. And, you know, um, I have many thoughts, and I thought we would do a supplemental Iron Maiden episode because timing. Uh, for the for the record, I've never really sat down with Book of Souls. I have Book of Souls live chapter, which I is actually a live album I really really love. It's got half of the album that doesn't have some of the the crazier stuff. One of my coworkers and I, uh, one of my coworkers is a, a big '80s metal guy. I actually, put out some like vinyl back in the '90s. Um, I don't know what the name of the artist was, so don't don't ask. But um, you know, we've been going back and we've been talking about this quite a bit. And you know, he he likes it. He doesn't like it as much as I do. I uh, let me just throw this out of the gate. For me, this is an A plus record. This is the absolute best Iron Maiden record I have heard since Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And I praise, if, I praise. And you know how much, and everybody love Brave New World also, right? I do. I love Brave New World. I love Brave New World. I love Final Frontier. Uh, Dance of Death is eh. Uh, Matter of Life and Death is bullshit, crap, awfulness. Book of Souls. Uh, I actually bought that today because... I just wish you hadn't listened to these out of order because I think it's going to be difficult. I mean, you'll know. You've been rocking this new album on high. Well, I, I've heard I've heard Book of Souls. It's just been a long time since I sat down with it. I got it from the library. I love my library. I you know borrowed it from there. I've listened to it. I haven't sat down. I haven't purchased it. And so I finally pur- I purchased it today. You know anything anything I do from the library, if I like it, I buy it. And that's that's how, that's how I roll. And mm-hmm. I also had a half off in terms of Amazon credits, so it's arriving Friday. Nice. Well, that's good. Amazon credits are good. Mm. And uh, yeah, man, I thought we would get into 
this album and and uh, a little mini review. So we are going to actually do something I have never done with you, which is a review. I mean, like technically our retrospectives, these breakdowns of the albums are in a sense a review, but not like a brand new album that has just come out. Um, I was <laughs> and so for the busy- record, unlike Keithy's people, I was not special enough to get a promo copy. I did well, not. I mean, this is the first time ever we, the gods of metal. Oh, you got one you, though. I didn't get one. I had to give my fifty damn dollars. I didn't dollars. hear it early. I didn't hear it until but, listen. But I someone the there did. I didn't. Hear it I until didn't. Monday. I heard it Friday. Yeah. Because you so know I mean, what? Like, no, I did not. No, no, I heard it Saturday. Because on Friday yeah. I had to listen to uh, Richard Wright and Richard Wright and David Gilmore for a podcast to be recorded on Saturday, which got pushed off till Monday. Dang so it. I could have listened to it. You could have been, <laughs> didn't. But listen, like, let's not, uh, there's no gatekeeping here. I know, I'm just, I'm teasing. People who listen don't know this. Music journalists get to listen to records early as a trade for putting a review in early that will spur interest in the record. Now, in fairness, does Iron Maiden need a review from Ghost Cult Magazine? No. Well, I can Did tell you, our, they, they don't need one from my dumbass. But I'm saying, like, we've never been a favored child. We get we get the relationships that I have built before. I mean, Ghost Cult's around for nine years in a few weeks. I have been around in music journalism for almost 20, like 15 to 20, loosely. And I was very underground at first, blogs and doing stuff for other people's blogs that didn't have my name on it even. So... Yes, I have a lot of relationships. Yes, we we do a lot of music. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Like, I just don't want people to think like I'm a douchebag that got to hear it early. First of all, I didn't. It was streamed. No, no, no. My no no musical journalist that hears a record early is a douchebag. Well, some people think they are. Well, and then and then not for that reason. Don't like it if you don't like the record. So imagine out there, somebody got the record early and trashed this fucking thing. And that's fine. Because if it's not their taste, it's not their taste. I think some people just hate on shit to hate on it, and that's their thing. Um, Honestly, can, can I, let me, I let me say this real quick. I don't like reviewing bands I like. I have never liked it. Well, you're in and, a minority. Most people only want to review the bands they like. And if you only review what you like, how do I know what sucks or what's good from your point of view? I only know what you like. So you give everything an 8, 9, or a 10, and never a 7. And I don't know if you have any objectivity whatsoever. So to right. me... I have given bands that I like bad grades. Ghost Cult, just really quick, our website is well known as being really tough graders. So when we give a band a nine or a 10, a rare, rare 10, it's unusual. Most records are, and most records are, middle of the pack. They're okay. Listen, a six sounds like a D, but it's not. It's actually no, it's a not. decent it's a, record. It's that's above just average. It's above five, average. It's just five is average. Best. Five is average, seven is good, ten right. is great. And, and, we, and generally speaking, anything that's like a two or a three, we don't even bother reviewing because there's so much stuff to review. Why would I review those? But that doesn't mean we haven't given some notoriously bad grades to that's people how, like. My, my personal belief has always been to only review music I like. An album that I, that I have enjoyed, not necessarily. But I don't like reviewing bands that I like because I get stuck into this position. Where, like, I remember when I used to write for, I used to write for Playback STL, which was a big website in Missouri for a while, in St. Louis. 
and I was re- they asked me to review Ace Frehley's Space Invader. And the first draft of the review was a really rough review because, I mean, I love Ace, but Ace is Ace, and he hasn't changed. And and then I got to thinking, well, it's like, that's not what I like. So it, it's, I, I, I'm either too strong or too soft on somebody I like. So that, that's me. That's fair. So anyway, sorry. No, don't be. I'm not. I just wanted to get that out there since you, you know, tease me. I, I feel compelled to make sure that people understand, uh, you know, it has taken years for us to get an Iron Maiden level record early. The fact, the fact that I have gotten, and I'm not, not that I've gotten a Carcass album, because I sure as hell have not gotten the new one, but the fact that I have gotten on Carcass's list two times, I mean, to me, that's, that's enough. I mean, theoretically, Jeff Walker has written my name. That's pretty cool. Twice. It was a good thing. Theoretically, no, I I gave good reviews. I mean, I mean, Carcass is fucking awesome. There's no. The new record's going to be very good. I haven't listened to it yet. I I have not heard it. Like. I'm not big enough to get the a carcass record, but I did pre-order it. So, all right then. Uh, so, uh, some ba- I want you to lead this discussion. You have definitely spent more time with this record than I. I have listened to it a few times all the way through. I have cherry picked back and listened to the tracks that I love. I have tracks that I love. I want to get your initial thoughts on Sinjutsu. To begin with, uh, let's move back a little bit it's been six years since iron maiden has dropped a record and they have never gone that long on top of that the album was recorded in 2019 so in 2019 they record this album then they go on the legacy of the beast tour which gets canceled so they were sitting on this album they've been sitting on it for two almost three years that is nuts to me and i i would disagree with that particular process However, you know, when I heard the, the first track we all heard, of course, was Writing on the Wall. And Writing on the Wall seemed to me to be a very much stereotypical Iron Maiden of the modern era. It's long. It's over seven minutes. It is a little mellower. It has different kind of symbolism. Um, for those of us who don't know, because I feel like I need to explain everything Writing on the wall was a biblical story where a hand writes a warning on the wall. So that is the first time they use legitimate Christian symbolism. And frankly, I listened to it. I got about a third, halfway through, and I went, okay, well, it's it's modern-day Iron Maiden. And my complaint about modern-day Iron Maiden for a long time has been a lack of self-editing. The first single is long <laughs> Okay, it's an animated video. I get that because, you know, nobody's putting the money into videos like they used to. Then I heard Stratego. Oh, and I didn't, I, for the record, I did not finish writing on the wall. I, I got enough that they knew. Sounded like Iron Maiden. Good enough. Stratego, however, holy shit. That is a straight up Power Slave era banger. That could have gone right behind Aces High or uh, Two Minutes to Midnight. Noted. Uh, For the record, I am drinking a Driving That Haze, Hazy IPA, which is a Deadhead IPA. Uh, Riding that train high on. Uh, That schneef. 
I am drinking a fat tire, as I mentioned earlier before the pod, and fat tire is a very good amber ale, which I'm a fan of amber ales. Uh, I will take their Voodoo Ranger, Voodoo Ranger Imperial, and Mm -hmm. uh, that's about as far as I go with uh, New Belgium Brewing, but uh, Mm -hmm. that's just me. Now, the, the album itself, I was a little concerned just because, frankly, modern era Iron Maiden has been spotty. Uh, I thought they came back great with Brave New World. And if you and I were ever going to do an, do a look back at reunion albums, that might be my number one. Mm. My, my absolute number one reunion record. And, excuse me, the fact that they use some of my favorite subject matter, um, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World is my, that is my dystopian nightmare novel however for me it's not a necessarily a nightmare because i'm weird so that 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 particular record was really good to me dance i, I can't remember if this was before or since after we started recording you know brave new world great dance of death okay matter of life and death terrible uh new frontier great book of souls uh incomplete i'll let you know next week and I think I think, I think the the middle the later one there the outer space record is poor. Really, the least poor. I dig that one. I dig officially that poor, subpar. And uh, I like I love Book of Souls, and it meanders in places, but I loved it. And this is better than that. I will just give some basic thoughts. Um, I also thought writing on the wall the music was very pedestrian. And, and average, but the video and the storytelling and the Easter eggs and the love and the care that was put into this incredible video was amazing. And I will say on repeat listens, the writing on the wall lyrics are incredible, not just good, incredible lyrically, like really capturing a moment, what Bruce is trying to talk about, about mankind right now, like like a humongous statement in a political way they haven't much in a while really drive that shit home. And, and the rest of the record does not do that. The, re- the rest of the record is kind of like fanciful and poetic. And this is like very, uh, you know, with the biblical stuff, but also, like, and I think that's why they did it because they'd never done it before. And he's trying to hammer this point home, like our lives are on the line. And, you know, you have to appeal to people sometimes. You have to dumb down to their level religiosity to get them to fucking listen but um Stratego again was brilliant and I was like okay and they didn't even put out another song they really didn't even honestly I'm seeing a trend this year and I don't know if you've observed this I think some bands are still doing the very long lead time and Trivium and Iron Maiden and probably Mastodon we're going to get a new song in a few days I got the album artwork and name yesterday very short turnstile very short you know what let's just put this fucking thing out let's have a little bit of promo as little promo as we can get away with to hype the thing and sell the thing and not really fucking do five singles let's just put this fucking thing out and i love it for for the larger bands i mean that's really where we should be right now because especially i don't know when mastodon or trivium recorded their their records but Iron Maiden could have sat on this for three years. They just put a thing out today where they basically said they were sworn to secrecy for two full calendar years. 
could not say anything, could not say it to anyone, could not tell their loved ones, just could not. They were like, if this word or this gets out, we're somehow sunk. And um, they did an entire tour and a live record. I mean, it's nuts. It, it is nuts how long they sat on this. Yeah. So I can understand why they're not teasing it for six months. Yeah, they want to put it. Yeah. And I mean, like, I also, I think they know their fan base was hungry for it. Um, they did do some very subversive guerrilla marketing in the UK where they were putting out leaflets at shows with just Balthazar's Feast on it and a couple of hints of lyrics on flyers. And they did this, I guess, at Bloodstock. Pi, the, pi, the download, pi, sorry, not Bloodstock. They did it Bloodstock, but they also did it at the Download Pilot Fest, which was the first anything anyone went to. So imagine you haven't been to a show in a year and a half, two years. You go to this Download Pilot thing, there's camping, there's no vaccinations, there's no crowds up, you know, there's big crowds up to a certain number, no more than 10K. And you get handed the first flyer you've seen of any kind of thing in a long time. And there's no band name on it. And it just says Balthasar's Feast. And then maybe a hint that it's Iron Maiden, but no proof. And you're just like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And then you throw it on the ground and then you start seeing these hints from Iron Maiden. And you're like, oh, that fucking flyer, dude. And we didn't we didn't get the kinds of hints this time when they were recording that we got last time. Right. No, they did this whole thing in secrecy. We knew they were working on a record. Bruce alluded to there would be a new Maiden record. I think he originally said 2020. Well, I don't think so, any don't of us think... ever thought they were done. No, but I, but we'll, I have some some questions at the end about this. But um, you know, generally speaking, like if you just with it before we go with the track by track, which I think we should do some uh, customarily. What do you what just generally you said you love this record? This is a, a a great record to you. Any other thoughts that you have collected about this record before we do the track by track? Well, I mean, the biggest thing for me is. Excuse me, I'm as I often am. I'm I'm a little gassy. I apologize. I'm gonna try to hold that back, but I do have Mexican wrestlers on my underpants. So I was gonna mention that earlier. Totally forgot. Anywho, so where was I? Oh yes. Um, the the biggest issue I had with this record as being a vinyl guy, as I'm gonna mention every time, vegan CrossFit vinyl. If you're any one of those things, you're going to tell somebody within 30 seconds of meeting Christian. them. No, it's, it's, it's even more serious than that. So I, I was concerned at the pricing of this record. Um, when I first saw the pre-order, the price was $50 for the standard black. And I thought about it and I went, I don't know, man. That's, 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 that's significant. And thinking, well, Book of Souls, I don't remember loving that one. And I don't know, but I, I ended up buying it. They, and I, I, I'm thrilled that I did. I got it for $45. Uh, so I got a couple of bucks off. Shopped around. But it, it's expensive. I also would say they milked it. They could have put this on two discs, not three. It's, it's 80 minutes. It doesn't need to be on three discs. Can you, can you describe the split of the three? I don't think I have it here. Uh, let me take a look at the track listing that it was weird to be honest with you. Cause I was going through that tonight. Uh, time machine and darkest hour. Oh, so it goes out. Uh, Senjutsu Stratego. That's side one writing on the wall, lost in a lost in a lost world days of future past. That's side two 
Time Machine, Darkest Hour, that's side three. Death of the Celts, that's side four. The Parchment, that's side five. And Hell on Earth, that's side six. So uh, it would have been a little squished. They would have been about 23 minutes per side, but I, I don't like turning over so much. So, but, you know, it, with, with recent output, with all that kind of thing, with this being an expensive record, I really almost passed on it. I'm glad I didn't because it's amazing, but that's where I was. Mm. I still have yet to pull the trigger on the vinyl. I probably will, though. Well, they've um, got uh, two other, three other colors now, which they did oh, not have. They? Yeah, there is a... That's what uh, I was kind of waiting for, a color version. And there's a red and black, which look pretty sweet. I want to say there's a silver something-ish version. I but that imagine might be, there's going to be a might picture be disc. Only. It's, uh, oh, fuck picture discs. I like it. I know you don't like them. Um, Mark they don't Wilkinson, sound good. I know. Mark Wilkinson did this uh, artwork, not... Riggs, but Mark is a fucking legend. Got to start doing Marillion, Marillion, and it, it's uh, Pain absolutely... Killer by Judas Priest, and a bunch of other records, including some Maiden ones. It's absolutely nice that Iron Maiden finally did something Japanese. I mean, yes. I would say I would say Killers is American, very much American. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Number of the Beast was something that would scare Americans. Deeply in the satanic panic at the time. Peace of mind. Okay, that's a little... that That's very English. That looked like it came directly out of the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Which obviously came 10 years later. But then you have Power Slave, which is obviously Egyptian. And then, you know, it, it's nice that... You know, they have done more than one song about Japanese topics. So it was nice to see them do... I have, uh, interestingly enough, I had had not picked up on this. But the Wikipedia, again, a source of sources and not a great source itself, did mention that this is the second use of the band's original logo type with the extended R, M, and N. Yeah, I saw font. that. And I, I thought that was awfully nitpicky. Well, I mean, I think it's an interesting callback to, you know, f- you know, 40 years of the band just passed and... Um, you know, I mean, technically, they've been a band since '75, but obviously, people usually count you don't, the band. We start. You start the formed. counter a debut record. Well, Anthrax just celebrated their 40th anniversary since they formed. So bands are doing since they formed. Um, Metallica is doing. Since I know they Metallica formed. did that too, but Metallica can do whatever they want. I mean, they that's... want to Metallica. Um, so let's do the track by track. I have many thoughts. Though, but I'll say this before we do the track by track. Yeah, I I first listened through, I was just speechless. I was like, wow, this is better than Book of Souls, which I didn't expect. And you know, if you hear two songs and one of them is just kind of lame, even with the great lyrics and the great video, video is not on the album. The album is an album, and the video is a video. Try telling Kiss fans that I know. And Stratego video came out today, which is another incredible animated visual this is going to be a theme of these singles where they're going to do at least one more with an animated video with this theme uh storytelling device that steve and bruce did together but um yeah i was really just really impressed every single thing about it impressed me and uh not that i expected it to be bad but you just don't know what the ceiling is on how good 
you know, I thought I thought the uh, you know Firepower album by Priest. I was like completely blown away with how great it was. I was like, not I knew they could do a good album. I didn't know if they could still do a great one. Iron Maiden has proved they could still do great albums. And uh, yeah, but in any case, let's do the track by track. And I will let you lead the way. And then when we go to do our next episode, I will lead the way on that one. Oh, great. Uh, let's start off with Sinjutsu. And I will let you take this one because I have no strong memories of that song. Well, this is the title track. It leads off the album. I'm surprised you don't have strong memories of a thing you've listened to. For it's it's, one, it's one of the things that I listen to and I go, wow, this is really good. Yeah. But then it um, becomes, is it? It's a is little, this it's real a or is it's, this? It's, yeah, it's eight well, minutes I mean, long. Yeah. It's an eight, it's a Smith Harris, so you already know it's good. It's heavy metal. Um, you know, guitars are are could be heavier, but like it's Maiden. It's what you get. Maiden uh, does not have heavy guitars. They don't really have heavy guitars. They although they do on a couple of songs on this record, by the way. But um, yeah, it's a great track. I think it's an actual great album opener. I think it's the you know very definitive album track, and t- sets up the story of the album actually very similar the first two tracks are very similar despite being a different writing team and again the eight minutes to open the album normally their longer songs are at the end or in the middle this is a long one to open well there there really aren't any short songs on this record there's two no not really no and you know it's with when it comes to the first song on an album especially for especially for a heritage band probably triply so for you know a, a band because we're we're at forty years, so it it's not it's like the first period of a hockey game. You're feeling it out, and that that's how this song is for me. I've I've listened to this album two or three times through, and it it's amazing how good it is, but it's not apart from Stratego, Death of the Celts. Than the parchment probably, there aren't many songs that have a significant impression as pieces of the puzzle. As we've discussed before, when I review an album, not you know my reviews have always been as a hunk of music, not as a series of songs. So that's where it gets right. it gets a little harder for me to do this as we do because we're not doing an album that I know backwards and forwards. Mm. So I apologize. maybe we'll come back in like six months and look at it again. Or well, maybe that, we'll do an end of year. That, that's together. totally fair. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, so. Stratego. Oh, the, the, the last thing I, I want to say one more thing. Sorry. What I quickly noticed about Senjutsu in this, the title track, not the album is how invigorated this band sounded. And they sounded invigorated in a way that they hadn't sounded in decades. You know, I don't want to say they went down to the Ace Fraley of, you know, ah, that'll do. But they, we haven't heard that hungry Iron Maiden during the reunion. And anyway, I heard that here. Right on. They do sound very hungry, like something to prove. Again, a band that's been around for almost 50 years, 40 years of albums and 50, 45 years as a band, for almost 50 years, usually doesn't have anything to prove. They're Iron Fucking Maiden. We already said they were the greatest metal band ever on this discussion. 
and a series of pods and like they have nothing to prove. They could have turned into turd and it would still be great. I don't understand. But um uh kids here. We're we're next. doing the elbows. Okay. Next. Oh I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Track. Sorry. Uh next track is Stratego, which honestly might be the best track on the record. It is just that this is the one song for me that calls back to the Iron Maiden classic days, the 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 salad days, as it were. And it's it's absolutely amazing. It's if a you don't if you don't like this song, you there's no way you can like Iron Maiden. Fair. Uh, it's also got your boy Panic Yannick on the guitar and writing. Oh come on, give me some Panic Yannick. Give me some Panic Yannick on this co-writing. Uh, and obviously that means Steve wrote the uh, melody and the lyrics, as you imagine. Oh. No, go ahead, go ahead. You just, you just, you just cut me deep, son. No. No. What? I don't. I wish you liked Yannick as much as I do. I know. Well, I mean, I got to give him his credit. We just spent a whole episode dogging him, or I did. And you like, did, not me. He wrote two of the best songs on here with Steve. So that's a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, good that they put this song second before the third song that we heard first and uh, was a great single. It's the shortest song, second shortest song on the record. And uh, hey, no instrumentals right off the bat. Let's give a little thumbs up to that because, you know, you know, I, I love Iron Maiden. I love their, their instrumental passages, but I just cannot think of an Iron Maiden instrumental that I want to hear again. Yeah, I'm all set. Um, track number three. Writing on the Wall. You know, that, that song is actually not as long as I thought. And we spent so much time discussing, uh, God, what's, what song was that off Power Slave? That was like eight and a half minutes, and it feels like two. Um, was that Aces High? Maybe. Yeah, and th- this one feels, it, it's six minutes, it feels like eight. This is probably my least favorite song on the record. Mine too. It's, it's a good song, it's just not remarkable. It's a good song, but and it's the lyrics a song... do give it a little bit of an edge that, you know, better lyrics than maybe some of the other songs. Well, this, out, this song is very much emblematic of the whole record. And, you know, we always talk, I always me i always talk about an album's mvp every album has an mvp to me and this album is the mvp is bruce bruce makes this song better this is the best song bruce dickinson has this is the best album bruce dickinson has turned in in 20 years vocally speaking he is just not a lot of songwriting credits on this one for him though but yes, he definitely. Where he's his vocals are uh, unbelievable. Correct, and that's, maybe that's what I mean. Maybe the equal of Halford's on Firepower, which I would like. They will never top this fucking thing. As far as I was concerned, I was like, he's never going to be able to do this again. How good is the vocals on Firepower for a sixty at the time, sixty-six year old man? Bruce is what? Same. It's about the same now. Same yeah, age. But- and he had cancer. Right. And if you go back and listen to Legacy of the Beast and you go back to listen to Book of Souls live chapter, I know Iron Maiden doesn't do a whole lot of they don't do a whole lot of overdubbing, 
But if you listen to, you know, the number of the B songs on those records and listen to the studio, there's a big difference. And it feels like Bruce finally got himself back on this album. And his, he takes everything up about two notches. And there is a lot of, especially on this particular tune, a lot of Steve Harris by, by numbers. And Steve Harris the, by numbers is better than a lot of other people. I agree, but you know what? There's only so much dun, 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 that I can take. You know, not yes. Most Iron Maiden fans though, they'll take that dun, 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 all the time. I, I love it, but I mean, come on, you can. He's Steve Harris. He can do more, and do more. and I think he does more on these next few. Songs. He does. He does. This is just this is just the one that sticks out as, eh. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, moving along. Lost in a Lost World, which another one that I don't have strong memories of. And I mean, this album, it, it's it's a bit amorphous for the most part for me. It's not as if when you look, especially at the classic Iron Maiden albums, the, the songs are very delineated. And as they've gotten older and gotten older. Their their songs are longer and longer, and they're not as they're still progressive, but they're progressive in a different way. Where it feels the songs are much more part of a greater whole than they are a self-contained unit, and that's just kind of that's kind of how I feel about this one and even the next one, honestly. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, it is nine minutes long. It is very proggy. It is the it is the first. Beside the title track, it is very proggy, like movements and motifs and interesting stuff going on guitar and bass-wise. Uh, great performance on this album by Nico. Once again, Nico, Nico, whichever you prefer. Nico. Nico. He killed it on this record. Really great playing. Some I of think you could have done a little bit better. I don't know. It's pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, long song. This is the end, <laughs> a nine minute, 31 second track is the fourth longest song on this record out of five long ones, which is super impressive. That's that's a nuts thing even to even to say. Yeah. Well, uh, eh, what do you want? They're Iron Maiden. They're Iron Maiden. Love the next track. You can tee it up if you like. Uh, Days of Future Past. It's uh, Smith Dickinson. This is uh, it's one of the few songs that does not have Steve Harris on it. There are only one, two... Three tracks on this record that Steve Harris did not write. I know, weird, but... Um... It, it is weird. So basically, Steve Harris wrote uh, 75% of this album. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and co-produced it, and did the video treatment with Bruce, and blank, blank, blank. Oh, Steve, as everyone who's ever known has always said, Steve Harris is Iron Maiden. He is Iron Maiden. Um, closing outside one, another Gers Harris production. So you look, look, I'm just going to say Panic Yannick. I'm sorry. We decided on Manic. Manic Yannick has two co-writing credits, which is two more than Adrian Smith. Uh, which is Dave, I'm sorry, Dave, Dave Murray, Murray, who has Dave none Murray. for the first yeah. time in a long it's two time. two more than Dave one. Murray. 
Uh, no writing ones for the first time since virtual 11. Yeah, he has as many as Smith and uh, as many as Bruce. And so, to take back all those things I said about him being useless live, he's certainly paying off in the studio. What, two no, co-writes? Two, two yeah, co-writes? It's, it's not that many. It's still two in a band dominated by two other guys. And another very established guy playing, you know, who's Smith, who has written the lion's share of the greatest Iron Maiden songs. In Let's his take tenure. a look. So uh, Panic, Manic Yannick here has uh, five minutes and seven... He's got 12 minutes. He's got writing credits on 12 minutes of 80. It's pretty good. Um, that song we're talking about is The Time Machine, which I love. I love that it's song. It's based that on another a... book we, lay, we like to read. You just love doing that. That is like your favorite just, thing. It's one of my favorite things. And That's I really fair. can't even, I can't do it as good as uh, my man Rollins, who is Henry Rollins, who is... We're a very literate band. We write about books and things. Yeah, basically. Sorry. I My English accents used to be good. They're not anymore. I got you. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty great side one. If you, it, The writing on the wall is the single, and it's the weakest song on the album and the side. I know you don't take albums on sides, although when they're great, we do t- we do that. Uh, th- we've already gone through three sides at this point for me. So I know. I know. Um, I take I take sides sides I will do sides and you know yeah we're, right now we're looking at uh, writing on the wall and it's not a bad song so please don't think I don't yeah. I dislike it or anything to that effect it it's is just pedestrian by the basis of Iron Maiden and by the basis of the rest of this album it is the most pedestrian track on here it's yes. not a bad song at all it would actually be a great song for any other band if Saxon wrote that song you'd be like oh my god this fucking song if Saxon wrote this song I. Well, I'm just I'm gonna do it on video and not say it. Okay, that's where I would be if Saxon wrote that song. I like Saxon. All right, uh, we used to make fun of them a lot, but then it turned out they were great. Um, I have one of the records. Yeah, I do have some of the records. So yeah, it's it, and and that's that's precisely what the writing on the wall is for every band who's not in the A plus tier that Iron Maiden is in. That's an A plus song. For Iron Maiden, it's B minus C plus. Right. Um, I will do the remainder of the album. At least I'll lead the Go ahead. Go ahead. Darkest Go ahead. Hour, a Smith Dickinson, another long boy at 720. It's a, a very good song. I don't know if it's a great song, but it's very good. I do love the guitar work on this song. I made a note about it. Of course, the Smith tracks always have noodly, wonderful guitar licks. And very memorable melodic shit, because that's his style. That's what he does. He knows how to write Iron Maiden songs. That's why he gets to write so many of them. As, as we get into the back nine of this record, I noticed it. And I mean, it probably wasn't done this way on purpose. But the deeper we get into the record, the more Bruce is feeling uh, feeling froggy. So he starts to jump. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how else, it. It's almost as if they recorded it in order. And they might have some records are made that way. It's possible. It's possible. But he starts to really start to spread his wings, especially. Well, we're not there yet, but as he gets a little bit deeper, not much, not much past this, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So next, next track, death of the Celts, probably my favorite song on this album. Definitely tied for me with my favorite, other favorite song. I mean, this is a fanciful 
fucker of a song. 10 minutes plus long. Great fucking topic. Classic Iron Maiden song in every sense of the word, but also a very progressive modern Iron Maiden song at the same time. And another song that could have been in any decade, 80s, 90s now. Like, it is fucking badass. I love this track. You have, yeah. I want to say something, but yeah, I feel like you said it all, which is unfortunate because that's my favorite song. Uh, this is when I noticed Bruce really go into town. And, you know, we're, we're, we're at the Steve Harris portion of the record where he writes... I don't know, 45 minutes at this point or something. But, you know, Death of the Celts is when this album, for me, really took shape and really became a lot. And it was like a pat. And if you listen, when you listen back to that song, it's not one person in charge of it. They're passing. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a Beastie Boys tune. They're passing the mic around. Everybody gets a turn. Except they. No, Dave probably. So you know what would be interesting. You don't. I don't really get it here. I'd love to know what, like, who took what solo. You can sometimes pick them out. Uh, I'm sure Dave plays a couple. He's a great player, and there's no reason they would underutilize him. I just think sometimes you come into a record and you here's what I, here's my demo tape, or here's what I'm thinking of, or here's some riffs I made, and the band is like, nah. Or or Steve just came in with like 20 fucking songs, and they had to narrow it down to 10, which has also happened. So. Well, it's Steve, you know, or or you know, you know, whatever their process is. But uh, "Death of the Celts" definitely in the top three on the whole album. Wait, do you say Celts? Celts, Celts. I say Celts. Sorry, I, I don't know which is right. I mean, I'm not Celtic. I'm neither am I. Um, my personal favorite song on this whole album, slightly above the last track. Is the parchment, and I it, will tell you why. If I'm being honest, they're they're, I mean, they're neck and neck. They're close. They're the close. parchment is like the fucking cashmere of Iron Maiden. I swear to fuck. Okay, like, I, yeah, yeah, totally. So good. Totally can see that. So modal, so Middle Eastern, so heavy, heavier mix on the guitars a little bit. Like they're really riffing that one riff heavy in the one point. Another a long boy, twelve thirty nine also has a proggy section but also when it lives in that pocket and this is the the nico pocket with steve still banging great great song great lyrics great just everything oh and you get halfway through and bruce is like hey boys hold my beer right hold my bruce's vocals are just bruce is like this whole thing but like hold my side too Steve, hold my Trooper IPA. Nico, yeah. hold my Fear of the Dark Stout. I wonder if the last few years with everything Bruce has been through, and, and not only he was, did he have cancer, he suffered the loss of his you know, first wife, who he did still care for, and she's the mother of his children. It was very tragic. Uh, probably a suicide. Um, been through a lot of shit. COVID. Oh, thanks. I was trying to be funny, and you took it serious. Oh, I crap. did. I did. Okay, go ahead. Backlash from... People about a lot. his political leanings yeah. a lot, and he still is going hard about it. I don't know why. Mm. Oh, I'm not worried about. I love. I do have to say, like again, I'm no expert on Brexit, but it is affecting certain things that um, Ghost Cult is dealing with in a small ways. 
uh, certainly not affecting my personal life, being American, but like him, he did come out and say, funny enough, he was like, oh yeah, I'm not talking about my band. We have money. We're rich. Like, I'm not worried about me. Uh, you know, like I'm worried about younger bands and their future. Like if you're worried about mm. the future, you wouldn't be supporting this bullshit. But anyway, the parchment is wonderful. <laughs> it's fucking wonderful. Fucking I almost wonderful. peed myself right you just might. right then. You might. Sometimes a, little um, pee, sometimes a little pee comes out, my friend. Um, wrapping the album up, with hell on earth uh good not the greatest but good very good a very good ending a very typical iron maiden album close very poignant again i think like writing on the wall lost in a lost world darkest hour and hell on earth could all be thematically linked i think some of the things about sinjutsu and stratego and and uh time machine are also could be, you know, like, no pun intended, strategically linked. Well, with Iron Maiden, I think they accidentally make thematic albums. Accidentally their way into a theme, a concept. Yeah, it's like they kind of back, like they backed into somewhere in time. That was never, that was never intentional. They've only done one legitimate concept record, which is Seventh Son. Right. And I just think this is one of those, those songs where they're dealing with that kind of, one of those, excuse me, one of those albums where they're dealing with, you know, they're dealing with larger issues and they just kind of, as always, they backed into something because Iron Maiden is one of those bands that one of the very few bands that has no print, multiple principal writers. I mean, obviously, you know, Steve Harris is the backbone, you know, he's the backbone. He might even be the nervous system and the backbone. Maybe the brain, maybe the heart, one of the two, not both. But when you look at bands that have multiple writers, you know, you get a lot of records that don't have a whole lot of continuity. You know, we both love, we both love Kiss. How many great, when you, especially if you're looking at just the big six, how many great Kiss records are there? There you go. I saw two, that face. What? Two two actual great Kiss records, maybe three. I was I'm biased. Of... I'm biased to one more, so I don't know. All right, well, you got more than me. Then you look at. Uh, I'm not counting Alive or Alive Two, but you uh, Alive I would do. count definitely. Okay, I would count Alive. Uh, that's about as far as I go for full straight through records. Um, you know, you look at you look at Pink Floyd. It took a long time before Roger took over and became the director, you know, a lot of their albums leading up to that point were very uneven and very incongruous. Especially when they were doing like, you take a lot, you take a part and you take a part and you take a part. And then oh, like, God. some of this shit is unlistenably bad. You mean I'm a gumma? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Rick's is the only part I like actually. Uh, Again, I, Rick, the MVP of the band, but we're not talking about them today. Well, well, well another day, another day, another day. Okay, keep, keep, um, okay. So, but with Iron Maiden, you have multiple writers that know the score, that know how to write that music, and that's what you have on this album. Um, I could probably make the argument that it didn't need to be a double record. Did not need to have thirty minutes at the thirty-five minutes at the end on the last three songs. I'm not I, saying I still like those songs. I like the progressiveness of Iron Maiden. They always have had it, actually, if you think about it. And it's just been a thing for 
Steve and Bruce especially to explore because they are the prog guys of the band. Oh God, yes. Um, I would say this, like I like your point earlier that this is on par with their best stuff and, you know, like at least Seven Sun. I would say that even if you didn't say it was better than that or as good as that or on par with that, it's certainly the best thing since Brave New World. So second but, the best. But if it is the best thing since Brave New World, excellent. it goes back deeper. Because Brave New World wasn't well, no, I'm 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 being pedantic. I apologize. That's fine. I but just the, think the thing like, about the thing for about a band this at this album, level to still make a record this good is unusual. Correct. Absolutely agree. We're we're talking about a band that doesn't need one doesn't need to make a record. Right. They they have enough. They don't music. need to make any records. They could just go play the greatest hits and that's it. And they would make a ton of money. They don't even just sell more money, make right. more money. Sell but more. they don't even need to do that. They could do revolving set lists forever. They could do a fan pick set list every night if they really wanted to, and it'd still be awesome. And then what they didn't play would still be like almost the greatest hits record. Exactly, um, because they've got such great they've got such a great catalog. It's, the fact yeah, it's that, wild. The fact that they still feel the need to go into the studio and push themselves. You know, Dennis DeYoung, whom I love deeply and hate just as deeply for the same reasons said he's never going to make another record because making a record is too hard well he's got to put too much of himself into it we've seen where it's gone bad look volume one was making new records agreed i like 13 but i'm in the minority a lot of you are don't like it hate it love it hate it uh but also i think you have to count the ronnie records as also Ronnie Sabbath records and those hell, heaven and hell records were very good. It's not great. One of them was great. The other one's very good. Not great. They, no, they did one as heaven and hell one studio. Okay. They're and hard it, to do. They're I, I would call that one a, a B, a B. A straight, it's straight hard. B. It's hard to do. Agreed. I know people want a Zeppelin record, a page and another page and plant record. The reason Never. that page and plant did those records that were different than what we wanted it's because, because that's who they, they were. To, if you try to make a Zeppelin record with those guys, it's going to come out bad, forced. Robert forced. Plant said when the, the whole reunion thing got really fever pitched, those were the words of a young man. I am no longer a young man. And I think that's something that people like me cannot deal with. That our rock star idols are humans mm. is this the last iron maiden record Nick? i fucking hope not i i hope we get at least two more ten more you ten would more. ten more i would i would like to think if this is the last iron maiden record this is a very good way to go out if hopefully this is, it's not if it's the last iron maiden record if fingers crossed ten more but if it is, this is the strongest going out record whew, that I've ever heard. I think you could get two more out of this lineup of guys, they barring could, any health problems or death. I, I agree, but Just I mean, ten years is two records and three or four or five tours, right? And I think that's about the lifespan of any band right now that has lived through this pandemic has had their lifespan sh- as a band. Not their lives. Hell no, I hope not. But their live livelihoods as a band shortened. Agreed. And I think if you get to, if these guys start to get into like 73, 
74 and Bruce has grandkids and they have kids and grandkids. And it's like, don't you want to just, you got enough money, stay home. Touring is hard. Bruce already beat cancer. Heaven forbid another one of these guys get a debilitating, terrible illness they have to conquer. May not be, the odds are already against them. Like, I think if we got one or two more, that would be fucking miraculous and great. If I'm going to be honest and legitimate and not being, you know, fanboy of, oh, I want all the Iron Maiden, which I want all the Iron fucking Maiden. But if we get one more, I I think we consider ourselves lucky. Mm. But let's assume we don't. Let's assume they do, let's call it four more tours. They do four, they do... When they go up there, they still have to finish out Legacy of the Beast. I don't think we've even mentioned that. They have to do South America yeah. before doing So they've got about proper... five to six months of Legacy of the Beast that they have to finish. Then Next summer is festivals are already booked, headlining festivals. Right. For then we get a year to 18 months of uh, of touring this, of, of touring Senjutsu. Then maybe we get. Then they're gonna do a, another another heritage tour because Iron Maiden has always done since the reunion. They do new album heritage, new album heritage, new album heritage, and likely this could very well be the last Iron Maiden record. And let's let's talk about bands that we know who have put out their last album. Is this better than Kiss's Monster? Yes. Is this better than Thirteen? Yes. Is this better? Uh, Repentless. Than yes. Oh, yeah, definitely better than Repentless. Uh, is this better than? Oh God, who else do we know is done? Uh, is this better than uh, Heaven and Hell? Um, Devil, you know. Right. Is this better than anything Dio did in the nineties, nineties and early aughts? Yes. So, which is, which is, and those records are pretty damn good. There's, there, um, Cooper yeah. had a recently good couple of records. You like par- I hated Paranormal. I haven't heard. It wasn't bad. It's just not great. I but I like the Detroit Stories record, and I think if he just rolled with that the rest of his career and played the hits and these kind of classic inspired new songs, I'm not going to be mad at it. But I've we He's we've 75. just tossed out five legitimately historical amazing artists. Yep. Yep. And yeah, there's not- a very high quality record. I know that people, so people, people complained they were bored. It was too long. It's too progressive. What Iron Maiden did you think you had after 40 years? This is the Iron. Only- okay. I, I said this in, in, in a Facebook chat and I got to say it again. If you think Iron Maiden is too long, too progressive, too bloated, You're bitch. Did you ever hear Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner? You're not a heavy metal fan because this it was is the thir- band that invented that shit. It was 13 fucking minutes of yeah. one dude reciting a poem and three other dudes playing basically a riff and a half yeah. for 13 minutes. Be thankful you got six riffs in 10 minutes. Yeah. That's Iron Maiden. It's always been Iron Maiden. Steve Harris is going to go on a run. Everybody else is going to follow him. You're going to get about 15 solos. Bruce is going to sing his balls off. You're going to hear a... When his ball hits the floor, he picks it up. He swallows it. It goes back in the sack. And then you're going to get... And they're done. And then they're going to go on to the next 38-minute song. 
because that's Iron Fucking Maiden. It's it's who they are. It's who they've always Manic been. Manic Yannick is gonna spin his Stratocaster into somebody's eye socket. What dude? He wrote two songs. He wrote more songs he, than Dave Murray. He wrote more songs than Dave Murray has written in a long time, and that's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts on this before we just go down a squiffy highway? Uh, uh, and on Iron Maiden in general, like this is a great. Iron, Iron Maiden series is, on Iron Maiden. The, the Iron thing Maiden about Iron Maiden, and, and Iron Maiden is probably to me the quintessential metal band. They have done two and a half minute bangers. They have done eighty six and a half minute uh, self indulgent bloated nut bars. They have done everything they could think of, and that to me is what metal has always been: is doing what you feel at that moment are they the biggest metal band yes metallica is obviously bigger but i don't count them because they've transcended the genre and they've become part of everybody metal so i'm just talking about just what metal is and the fact that they can come out with something as amazing as this album which ah, i would say is a good at least a 65 percent possibility of it being their final record after 40 over 40 years. It just it just makes me wish we had another 10, 15 years of this band. Yeah, it's wild. And we um, don't. We don't. So appreciate this. If you're a hater, you're a hater, and I can't fucking work with you. But like appreciate that Iron Maiden made this record in 2019 and put this record out at the end of this bullshit era and 2021 and made this really fantastic record. Um, I'm pretty sure Book of Souls was the top five for Ghost Cult in 2016. It's going to be very hard. There's a handful of records personally that I like a little bit more than this record for the year. Maybe you and I will do an end of year thing. I don't know. I usually do a countdown end of year thing for Ghost Cult. Maybe we'll find some way to do our more personal list together. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, this is already going to be a top five for me. And I don't know other than Mastodon. I don't know what's coming out that could unseat this Mastodon has, has that potential to be the best record of the year because they're fucking Mastodon. But like, this has been my favorite record in a long time, a yeah. very long time. And yeah, I'll be listening to this guy a lot. I'm probably going to have to pull the trigger on the colored vinyl because I was waiting to see if they would do something beyond. I, I, I went black because one of what I've learned about vinyl, and this is going to be my vinyl segment for the, for this particular episode is uh, vinyl collecting collecting? I don't is 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 fucking weird. I bought Bloodhound Gang Hooray for Boobies on clearance at twenty bucks. That shit is hundred and thirty dollars now. I bought it eighteen months ago. What the fuck? What has so, happened? They haven't played a show. Not, nobody died. I don't know why. No, it's it it's sold out now. Everybody wants now it everybody now. Everybody wants, wants to hear now. Everybody wants to hear the bad touch. You so and, and I'm trying to decide. Do I care this? Mammals. That's one of my karaoke jams. Don't. It is one of mine too. Don't get me started. I will do it, and then we'll get arrested. So we can do a doggy style, so we can both watch X Files. Do it now. You can love. You will love it just like Lyle, and then we'll do it doggy style, so we can both watch X Files. Do it now, baby. Direction. Sorry, it uh, I I had a karaoke DJ that requested me to do that every week. That's um, crazy. Yeah, I know. Crazy talk. But the the fact that they they've been able to put out this album and. Is amazing, but that's not where I was at. So I bought this because I was worried I would miss out. FOMO hit me, and that's why I yeah. bought Book of Souls this week, actually, too, because 
if if I can get it for you know fifteen bucks out of my pocket, then now now's the time to pull that trigger. Go back and listen to Book of Souls, and then let's have our offline rap about it because I think I'm, I, I'll never be Iron Maiden out, but I think we're gonna move on to another band after this couple correct. of episodes airs, uh, and we'll get be me on to a new. Get with me on Saturday. Send me a text. I will tell you all about what I thought that night. Yeah, man. And then, uh, let's see. I believe by the time this airs, we will already be in the thick of Black Sabbath. Incorrect. This goes out on Sunday. This is my weekly... Oh, inter- supplemental. Yeah, this is, this is a sup. So, oh, uh, cool. I'm so, on twice this week. Shit, yeah, son. So as you listen to this... On Wednesday, there's Friday. As Friday of next week, we will drop our first record on Black Sabbath. And right now, I have got to pee so bad, I'm gonna yeah, piss yeah. on my I'm we, gonna piss on my foot. So this is this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. Doesn't play in Peoria.